Has anybody here ever heard of the Big Ear? From 1963 to 1998, there was a radio telescope that was part of a project at Ohio State University, and its purpose was to pick up messages from outer space. I think they've got it up here on the screen for you, but after uh, 35 years of looking for messages, they finally gave up, and in 1998, they made room for a golf course. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing was coming in. You know, I I think we all know it, don't we? We all sense it in our hearts. There is more to this life. There is more to our existence. There is more to the universe than only what we're seeing and experiencing. There is something else out there. There is someone else out there. And whatever it is, we might say whatever it is, it or he is that's out there, we have a feeling on some level that it or he, and we know it's he, We have a feeling as human beings that that there must be something that He wants to say to us. Last time we started a two-part series called Are You Missing Opportunities? And we talked about how God is at work in this world. And And we were challenged to think about there's no doubt that God is working. The real question is, are we paying attention to what God is doing around us? Are you missing the opportunity to join God in his work in this world. Well, this week I want to talk to you about are you missing opportunities? The second part of that, but I want to focus this time on are we missing opportunities to hear God's voice? God wants to speak to us. Many times we think that God is silent, but but I believe that God's word teaches that God is speaking. The real question is, are we listening? For many people, that whole God speaking to us thing, though, is very new, isn't it? In fact, at first, it feels kind of weird. And on some level, I can understand that. Many of us have never experienced God speaking to our life, or if he has, we we don't know how to identify that. But in another way, I might say this. Shouldn't God speaking to us, shouldn't our creator interacting with us, the one who has a plan and a purpose for our lives, shouldn't that Shouldn't that be in a perfect world the most one of the most natural things is for us to have a conversation with our creator? And so tonight we want to help maybe draw that bring that gap a little bit closer. Since many of us haven't experienced that or aren't experiencing that, but we believe God's word teaches us that, let's learn about that together tonight. So the first thing I want to talk to you about is how would God speak to us? If God's going to speak to us, like I said, for me, that's a brand new idea. People get weirded out about that. What do you mean God's speaking to you, Robbie? Do you mean there was like you were on the beach and you had one of those planes that flies over and they got the little, you know, the wavy flag thing in the back and God says, Robbie, I want you to do this. Is that what you're talking about? Or you looked up in the clouds and there was some message or, or, or God left you a voicemail or sent you a, sent you a message, a, an email. Is that what you're talking about? One of the best passages for talking about God speaking to us is Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, it says, God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets in many portions and in many ways, in these last days has spoken to us in his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. These are cool verses that teach us that God does speak. In fact, you get the impression from these verses, God has spoken a little bit. Is that what these verses sound like? 
It says God long ago spoke in lots of different ways. And in these last days that we're living in, in this period of history that we're living in, he has actually spoken through his son. Long ago through the prophets. And in fact, I like the way that's put there. It actually says long ago in the prophets. Which I think kind of, when we translate it through the prophets, loses a little bit of it. Through the prophets, it wasn't as if they just kind of went limp and God spoke to them. God worked in their lives and God produced his message and, and got that message in the prophets and it became part of them and God worked through them to bring his message to us. But now it says, in these last days, he has spoken to us through, and it's actually translated in the New American Standard, it says, he has spoken to us in his son. Actually, it literally says, God has spoken to us in a son. And the way that's put there. Really, the Jewish people, and really us, and I don't think we see it this way, but really when, it, when we read that, we should go, wow, really? I mean, we knew that, that, that God spoke. He's been speaking all throughout history. He's been sending messengers, and he's been speaking to them. But what these verses are telling us is that God loved us so much and wanted to speak to us so much that he sent his very own son, unique, no one else like him. God the Son came to speak to us. And we know who he's talking about, don't we? Who's he talking about? He's talking about Jesus. Jesus is the highest revelation of God, of himself, to us that God has given to us. The prophets, really, that he's talking about, all along they were making promises, they were making predictions, they were prophesying, they were looking forward to Christ the Son was going to come. And everything since then looks back at him. He's really the hinge of history, isn't he? And the cross and what he did, that's really the, the focal point of history. He's the fulfillment of everything God wants to do in our lives and everything God wants to say to us. Listen to the next verse. It says in verse 3, And he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of God's nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. Jesus is not a reflection of God the Father, as if God was looking in the mirror and we're seeing his reflection. Jesus is the very radiance of the, of the essence and the glory of God. He's not someone like God. Jesus is God. He's like a stamp or an imprint. He's the exact, precise representation, visible representation of who Almighty God is. That is who Jesus Christ is. John chapter 1, verse 14, actually, in John chapter 1, it talks about Jesus. You know what it actually calls Jesus? Jesus is the Word. Jesus is, and actually that can be translated, Jesus is the message. Jesus is God's Word. Come to life, to live, and breathe among us. It says in verse 14, And the Word became flesh, it became skin and bones, and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. And then look at verse 18. No one has seen God. He's talking about God the Father. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten, that's Jesus, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained him. And that actually, that word explained is the word that we use when we're talking about studying the Bible, exegesis. It says Jesus has uncovered. He has exposed. He has explained to us all who the Father is is okay so here's the point when you're wanting to hear from god where do you look 
man, I went through all that. <laughs> do we need to start over again? <laughs> when you want to look to God, where do you look? You look to Jesus. And there are four primary ways that I believe Jesus speaks to our lives. The primary ways that God speaks to us, first of all, are the Bible, His Word. Secondly, is through prayer by His Holy Spirit. Thirdly, is through the church, which is His body. And fourthly, is through circumstances. God working in our lives. I want to talk about each one of those. God speaks to us through Jesus' Word, through God's Word, the Bible. The Bible is the objective record of, it is God's word to us. It is what God wants to say to us. It's as if someone said to you, I love you. I want you to be clear about some things. I want you to know some things about me and how I feel about you and the relationship that I want to have to you. And so I'm going to write you a letter. Wouldn't you cherish that letter? Wow, here's somebody who told me how much they love me and the relationship they want to have with me. But the Bible's not just a book of good teaching. The Bible is unlike any book that's ever been written. First of all, God wrote it. Secondly, it is powerful. And somehow, do you know this? Somehow, when we read the Word of God with a heart that wants to seek Him, the Bible comes alive. Do you believe that? Have you experienced that? The Bible says, uh, it actually says that in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. It says, For the Word of God... God's Word, the Bible, the Word of God is living and active. Listen to how vibrant the Bible is. It's not just an old book that was written, had some good teachings, and, you know, a verse a day will keep the devil away. I mean, it's not just, you know, some good moral, ethical kind of things for you to kind of study and look at. There's something unique about the Word of God, the Bible. It is alive. It is active. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. And he was talking about the sharpest sword, the sharpest knife, that they had in that day, he said, it's sharper than the sharpest knife you've ever seen, and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. And some of you say, amen, I felt like that before. Amen? Have you ever been in a worship service? Have you ever been studying God's word, and all of a sudden you felt like, I am nailed? God has my number big time. Amen? People say to me all the time, Pastor Robbie, how did you know? Were you, were, have you bugged our car? Were you in the car on the way from church? Did you hear what we were talking about over supper? Were you there last night when we were having that argument? No, I say, praise his name. God knows. Amen? And his word is, what did Jeff say? His word is alive, amen? If you haven't experienced that, you do not know what you are missing. It's awesome. If you were to say to me today, I just, Pastor Robbie, I just don't feel like I'm hearing from God. One of the first questions I would ask you are, is, is, are you digging into God's word, the Bible? If not, it shouldn't surprise you that you're feeling so isolated from God and so empty because the Bible says in Matthew 4, 4, man does not live by bread alone. We don't live by just this physical stuff where we're interacting and all the things that we're usually thinking about. Man does not live by those things alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We are desperate to know, God, what do you have to say? 
And he's told us in his word. The second thing is through prayer, by his spirit. Did you know that Jesus Christ is alive? He is alive and he is working in this world by the power of his spirit. And the Bible describes his Holy Spirit in John chapter 14, chapters 14 through 17. Jesus specifically talks about a very personal, a very uh, intimate relationship that he has with us through his Holy Spirit. Now, I will say it's a little bit mysterious. Okay? I can't figure out all the ways that God works. Amen? And I can't say to you that I know with complete certainty always what God is trying to say to me by his spirit. Anybody agree with that? I can't say to you that I, that I got that all figured out. But once Jesus comes into your life, the Bible teaches that God begins to lead you by his spirit. And the more that you walk with him, the more that you get to know God's nature through his word, the more that God leads your life, the more you're able to recognize, aha, that's God, amen? Most of the time, if you just, just want to cheat sheet, most of the time it's not what I want to do, <laughs> okay? <That's, laughs> usually I'm thinking of something else. The third thing is his body, the church. Jesus speaks to us through his word, he speaks to us through his spirit, and he speaks to us through his body, the church. Now, many, many people don't like this part because many times the church looks sick. It looks wimpy, doesn't it? It looks like, it looks like a mess. It doesn't look like where I would find God. Amen? The church looks struggling. But did you know? Hey, friends, listen. You may have had bad experiences with church or you may have had a bad impression of church. Maybe you've never been in church, but you had a bad impression but listen, I've got to believe that it's possible here on planet Earth for people to be the family of God. Amen? And to see God. Amen, anybody with me? Okay? For us to see in our lifetime God work in our midst. Because did you know that the church, the gathering, I'm not talking about the church, you know, it's like capital T, capital C, you know, some organization that towers over you. I'm talking about the gathering of God's people. God calls people to himself and he pulls them together into a family. Did you know that that thing, which we call the church, the church family, did you know that this is the primary way that God has chosen to work and to do his work from in this world? This is the launching pad for God's work in this world. Isn't that exciting? Kind of scary, <laughs> but it's exciting too. And as you get involved with a good church family, God will use the people in that church, hopefully in this church, to speak to your heart. I want to tell you, of all the things I'm going to mention here, in the last 10 years of my life, I've learned through you guys, more than anywhere I've ever lived, more than any church I've ever been a part of, God speaks to me through you guys every time we meet. I wouldn't miss church. I love you guys. God speaks to me through you. Isn't that awesome? The final thing is God works through circumstances. God works. He speaks to me through his work in my life. Last time we saw that God is at work in this world. And sometimes God will use events. God will use circumstances to speak to you. Now we got to be very careful. Because most people want to depend on this one more than any other. 
But this one is the least reliable. We should not depend as heavily on circumstances to discern God's direction for our life. But when you're seeking God through his word, when you're uh, desiring to have an intimate relationship with him by the power of his spirit, when you're involved in a church family where God is speaking to you through others in the body of Christ, then sometimes God uses events or circumstances to buttress or support or to back up some of the other things he's been speaking to you. Let me give you an example of that. Let's say I heard a message this weekend about sharing my faith. And let's say God just spoke to my heart, and I was like, Lord, I really desire to start sharing Christ more with other people. And let's say, in my personal time with the Lord over this next week, I began praying about sharing my faith. And I began saying, God, would you please show me who you'd want me to share with? And God puts on my heart two or three people that I really would like an opportunity to share with. And then that afternoon, one of those people calls me and says, you know what, I've been thinking about you. You go, you go to church, don't you? Tell me, what is it that y'all do over there? Hello? Amen? Hello? <laughs> God is leading you. Amen? I just want to encourage you tonight because I think so many of us are so new to that process or maybe some of us have experienced it but we backed off for it a little while and we forgot what it's like. But God is a dynamic, living God who wants to speak to your life. And those are some of the primary ways that he would do it. The second thing I want to talk to you about is when. When can we expect God to speak to us? Well, the short answer is always, right? God is always wanting to do something in my life. But I want to talk to you about some specific times that I believe we should think about. We should expect God to speak to us. First of all, you can expect God to speak to you when you're involved in his work. This is something I've really learned. You know, when God called me into ministry, I said, okay, God, I'll do that. But, you know, it scared me and intimidated, all those kind of things. But I got involved with the Lord's work. But I, I found I thought that getting involved with the Lord's work, I thought it was mostly going to be about others. It was going to be a sacrifice. Okay, I'll, I'll give my life in service to others, and that's fine, Lord. I didn't realize the incredible benefit to my life it is to serve God. Anybody relate to that? The blessing that I've gotten in return. And what I'm talking about is, when you are involved in God's work, what I'm talking about is when you are involved in that corporate worship like we're having right now, you have put yourself in a position for God to speak to you. Amen? I would expect when I'm coming to church tonight, God has something to say. I can't wait to hear what it is. Amen? When you're in your growth group, God, the Word of God is open. It's talked about in a smaller group of people. There's opportunity for interaction and exchange of ideas and experiences. When you're serving other people, when you're involved in ministry, have you noticed how God speaks to you, how God leads you, how God shows you things, or He blesses you with things because you're doing His work? See, what we're talking about is when you're involved in what God is doing, you're combining the Word of God, you're, you're bringing into that the body of Christ. You're walking with His Spirit, doing His work. You're allowing some circumstances and event around you, all that to come to bear, and that gives a lot of opportunity for God to speak to your heart. You're just giving Him lots of opportunities to send the message that He's wanting to say to you. 
God speaks when I'm in those kind of situations. I want to ask you, are you giving yourself plenty of opportunity to hear from God like that? Second thing is in, is in your daily quiet time. When would God speak to us? I would expect God to speak to you in your daily time with him. Now, what, what are we talking about? Some people have never heard that term before. I'm talking about you spending time with God sometime every day reading the Bible and praying. Now, many of us are aware that that's a good thing to do and God would speak to us, but many of us aren't doing it, are we? I want to challenge you to think about, are you missing the opportunity? Are you, are you wondering where God's at? Are you saying, God, why aren't you doing something? Why aren't you speaking? Why do I feel so alone? Maybe God would say, why don't you stop and meet with me today? Because see, what happens when you spend that time with God, you're taking the components. You're taking God's word. You're taking that prayer aspect. You're listening to God through his word. You're communicating to him. You're getting to know his heart through his spirit. And, and in some cases, you're, you're allowing circumstances to come to bear on that. Because many times what happens to me is I read his word. I pray about what I just read. I'm talking to him. I'm communicating with him. And God will show me how the thing that I just read has an impact on what I'm going to face today. In fact, some of you have heard me share today. I actually, what I'll do is I open my Bible, I read God's Word, I pray about that, but at some point in that process, I open up my daily schedule. And I pray through. What are the appointments I have today? Who are the people that I anticipate uh, encountering today? And I pray through those things. And you know what? God shows me some things. Amen? Sometimes I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. But God helps me in that time with him to say, Robbie, this is the way, walk ye in it. Isn't that exciting to know? I am clueless. But God knows, and he can help me. Man. Or maybe sometimes I'll read his word, and God will really speak to my heart. I'm like, Lord, that's cool and everything, but that doesn't have anything to do with my life. Amen? <laughs> I don't know what this verse has to do with me today, but thank you for it and all that kind of stuff. And then later that day, I go, aha, that's what it was all about. Many of you have heard me say this before, but i got to say it to you. If there is a silver bullet, if there is a secret weapon in the Christian life, I think this might be it. There is something about making God the priority as you start your day. There is something about just you and God getting together beyond the, what did Jeff sing? Beyond the noise. There is something about the consistency of talking with him every day. And in fact, some of you have found it very valuable to even keep a journal, haven't you? Because when you journal, many times, and I go through periods, sometimes I like to journal, sometimes I don't. But in the times that I have journaled, I'll look back and I'll say, man, I've been struggling with that sin for like six months. Robbie, you need to get over it. Amen? There's something about that consistency of just the day in and the day out and God just kind of being with me through all the ups and all the downs is powerful. If you're not hearing from God but you want to, I would say I would make this one of the biggest priorities of my life. God, I've got to figure out a way to spend some time with you every single day. And I shared this with you a little bit earlier. I didn't say it quite like this, though. I've got to be honest with you. This is the only reason 
I am still your pastor. <laughs> I don't know if I can say the only reason. It is a big reason. Without a personal time with the Lord, I would have been out a long time ago. I cannot do it without Him daily. Amen? Do you understand? Number three, you can hear from Him in your daily walk. The Bible tells us in Galatians 5.16 to walk in God's Spirit. As you're living out your day, you can expect... Hey, listen, we've got to quit segmenting our lives and saying, okay, and I don't, I don't really sense this here at New Hope, but if, if you've ever come up with this idea or you have it in your mind and, and you need to pray about that, you need to think about it. If you're just thinking of God's, okay, I hear from God on the weekend, then I go about the rest of my life. That is not what God intended. What God intended is that you would walk with him, that he would talk with you, just like Adam and Eve, that you would, just, you would walk in the garden, that you would enjoy creation, that you'd walk throughout your day spending time with God every single day. How? How, Pastor Robbie? I listen to Christian radio. Many of you, you go on Facebook and you, throughout your day, you're interacting with Christian friends, right? On Facebook, you're, you're staying connected with other people. And maybe you read biographies about other great, you know, maybe read some, A lot of us, I think I remember early in my Christian walk, I didn't know about Focus on the Family. I didn't know about Adventures in Odyssey. I didn't know about Gary Smalley. I didn't know about some of the great authors, some of the great publishers, some of the great resources that maybe you could read at night or you could read on your break time where you could continue just to give God throughout the day opportunity to pour into your life. I stopped during my lunch break and I listened to certain pastors on the radio. Some of you, you, you can't catch them at certain times of the day. So what do you do? You come home and at night on the Internet... You can listen to that pastor that you just love to hear God's word from. Amen? Throughout the week, you can continue to hear from the Lord. You're just giving God the opportunity through conversational prayer, just talking to the Lord. Do you do that throughout the day? I try to teach my kids. When we hear an ambulance go by, when we're in the car, when we hear an ambulance go by, we just try to... I mean, the driver's not closing their eyes, okay? But everybody else just stops and prays. Says, God, I don't know that person. We don't know if they know you, but... But they're on their way to the hospital. Please save them. If they don't know you as their Savior, please protect them from any harm. I'm just walking with God. Amen. I'm at the counter. Somebody's getting on my nerves. <laughs> I do one of those Nehemiah prayers. God help me. God, please help Robbie to chill out. Amen. I'm just walking with the Lord. We're just on a tour of the world together. Just me and him. Isn't that fun? Again, we're just giving God, I don't know about you, I need multiple opportunities to hear from God because I'm hard-headed. I don't get it the first time, amen? It doesn't get through to me. I need as much opportunity to hear from God as I can. This is an important one. The fourth thing that you can think about when to hear from God is when you get still. Didn't that song that Jeff just sang? To be still and know. Psalm 46 verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. Part of the problem in us missing God's voice. Friends, are you with me? We are so busy. And as a Christian living in the United States of America... It is especially challenging. We have so many things. Some of you right now, you're like, I know I need to be in church, but my heart's racing, 
as soon as the last song is over, I got to get, I got this going on, and then I got that going on, and I'll see y'all next week. Amen? That's, just our, that's, that's the way we're wired in our country, the pace of life, the expectations that people place on you, whether it's work or family or whatever it might be. Let me give you some suggested times that we can be still and hear the Lord. First of all, I talked about your quiet time in the morning, right? You can stop, talk to the Lord. You can do it at night. In fact, that's when God speaks to many of us, isn't it? Because that's the first time all day you've been still. Amen? Sometimes on a retreat. Isn't it helpful to get out of our normal? I encourage you to go on some of these men's retreats, women's retreats. Right now, some of our young people are at Word of Life camp this week. They're on an island out of their normal routine. I'm praying God's going to speak to them mightily. Amen? Times when you're out of that routine. It, maybe even when you're sick. Sometimes I really believe I get sick. I'm not saying God's mean he makes me sick. I don't know how he works it out, but I think sometimes God just says, Robbie, the only way I get you still is if your nose is running and you can't hardly talk. And so I'm just laying there, I go, okay, Lord, I don't feel like doing anything else. Speak, for your servant is listening. Amen? Did you know that God actually built some downtime in for us each week. Has anybody ever heard of the Sabbath? Of all the things that the Bible teaches, this is one that most Christians I know totally disregard. Now, friends, we need to talk about that tonight. I know we are not bound by the ceremonial laws of the Sabbath in the Old Testament. But the Sabbath is in the Ten Commandments, isn't it? Are we going to say that it's the only ceremonial law in the Ten Commandments because all the others have principles behind them that we live by? It does seem to be a principle, a bigger principle that God wants us to live out. God wanted to teach us, first of all, to rest. God wanted to teach us to trust him. God wanted us to learn, even if we're not doing something productive, the world can still spin. And some of you say, I don't believe it. <laughs> I think I have to be doing something. The other day, we were, when we were visiting family, we were at this restaurant. It's called Chick-fil-A. They are not open on Sundays. They're owned by a Christian man, a fine Christian man. And somebody, it wasn't Sunday, so we were able to eat there. And somebody said, you know what? If they were open on Sunday, they would make a killing. And in a sense, they're right. They could make a lot more money, theoretically, if they were open that day. But you know what I believe God would say to us? Just because you can get it doesn't necessarily mean you should. Does that make sense, everybody? Just because it's there for the taking doesn't mean you have... And as Americans, we think that's a sin. There's money. There's work. There's stuff. If I don't take it, I'm sinning. That's the way we feel. It's wrong not to take what you can. Go back and look at Exodus chapter 16. God taught his people 
about this through the manna. That's why on Sundays, I wouldn't be running around. I wouldn't be trying to do all my shopping, doing extra yard work, clothes washing. I get, I don't, I, this is not legalism. This is not tell you. I'm just giving you some thoughts, okay? God knows, Luke chapter 14, verse 5. If there's an emergency, if the ox is in the ditch, is the phrase sometimes people use. If the ox is in the ditch, hey, the hospital needs to be open on Sunday, right? Okay, because people still get hurt on Sundays. But, many times, is it really that pressing? Could it wait? Could I even say on Saturday, God, I'm going to do something extra today because I want to worship you and focus on you tomorrow. So I'm going to do that today so I can do that tomorrow. Maybe God is speaking to you. You're just too busy to listen. I believe God said that's one, that's one of the reasons I gave you the Sabbath. I gave it to you for rest. I gave it to you to regroup. I gave it to you to reflect, to worship me. Final thing I want us to think about is this. How can I be a better listener? How does God speak? When does God speak? But how can I be a better listener? All these things can be helpful to putting me in a position to hear from God, but the Bible makes it clear hearing is not enough. Okay, Hebrew, uh, Matthew 13, verses 3 through 9. Jesus spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, the sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate them up. Others fell on the rocky places where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up because they had no depth of soil. But when the sun had risen, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Others fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked them out. And others fell on the good soil and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Then in verse 18, he says, Hear then the parable of the sower. He's giving the explanation. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, does not grasp it, does not take hold of it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is the one on whom seed was sown beside the road. The one on whom seed was sown in the rocky places, this is the man who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no firm root in himself, but is only temporary, and when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he falls away. And the one on whom the seed was sown among the thorns, this is the man who hears the word, and the worry of the world, and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. And the one on whom seed was sown the good soil, this is the man who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and brings forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Now, according to God's word, there are four responses when we begin hearing to God, four soils that represent your heart. So what we're saying is we're trying to get ready to hear God more. One of the things is not just recognizing where God's speaking and hearing him speak. One of them is being ready to receive it when he does. Okay. So the question is, what kind of soil is your heart for the seed of the word. Is it hard ground? Where it falls, it's there, it's gone. Is it shallow ground? Quickly. I'm excited at church. I get excited, but then uh, I'm not so sure I'm going to do that. Is it crowded ground? I'm all for God, but I just got so many other things to think about. Or is it good ground that receives the word of God? And, and receives God's message to us and yields all kinds of fruit. If God spoke to you, 
would it be quickly lost? If God spoke to you, would you be excited at first in faith? If God spoke to you, would you have too much going on to do anything about it? Or if God spoke to you, would it be able to take root and grow in your life? Friends, it's exciting, isn't it? God is at work around us. He is speaking. I hope he is speaking tonight. Amen? The word of God. His spirit working in our hearts. The body of Christ working here. And maybe even some circumstances in your life that have happened that you know very clearly tonight. God has a way of making it personal, doesn't it? You know God is saying something to you. What are you going to do with that? Are you going to be that good ground and receive the message from the Lord tonight? Is it possible that there are a lot more things that God wants to say to your life? Answers that God wants to give you? And it's not that God can't give them. It's not that God's not giving them. But I'm just not in a position to receive them. Wouldn't that be sad? I pray that tonight God has spoken to your heart. Are you giving God every opportunity? If you're like me, I need more than once. <laughs> I need lots of different inputs. Are you giving God every opportunity to get his message through to you? And when he does, are you responding to it?